Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Here we go. So, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are live in the breakout room with our special guest, Teresa Rose. I'll introduce her to you in a minute, but first of all, let me apologize for the late start. We had some technical challenges, but we are dealing with them. As you can see, I'm in a new studio environment now as we speak, but our guest is here. Teresa is here, and that's what matters the most. That is very important. So before I ask her to say hello, let me just give you a little background on Teresa. She is a brand and business crystallizer, strategic co-creator, and certified speaking professional who works with experts and their businesses to create one-of-a-kind visual brands they can draw on a cocktail napkin. So that is just me bragging of what I know, but she knows herself best. So let's invite Teresa Rose to introduce herself and welcome to the breakout room. Teresa, how are you? I am doing well, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And you did an outstanding job introducing me. I, I would love to just start having wonderful conversations. Oh, wonderful. Looking forward to it as well. So here's the thing, Teresa. We usually begin by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves as far back as they can remember. Of course, you would know in your business that most folks tell you that between five, seven, and eight is the foundational years of their lives. Whatever they learned, whatever they have built upon in terms of their mannerism, their characteristics, it came basically from there, the culture, the religion, the food, etc. How far back can you go to remember yourself as a young lady growing up? You oh, you have just asked me my favorite question ever, ever, ever. Because <laughs> when I bring myself back to being five years of age, I uh -huh. am uh, in the passenger seat of a rusty yellow Datsun B210 in uh -huh. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh -huh. And my mom is in the driver's seat after having uh, worked all day long as a nurse. Mm -hmm. And she and I were driving to a uh, 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 an event that she was doing as a Mary Kay consultant. And yeah. she had just become a single mother of three children. And mm -hmm. I was the youngest. And I went with her on these sales uh, 
these facials and these shows and these recruiting interviews and these events, these speaking events and all of these things that I saw when I was a very young girl. And mm. that imprinted on me to such a degree that I, I experience it to this day, the understanding wow. of, uh, first of all, just resiliency, uh, driving in a blizzard to sell a mascara takes a special kind of gumption to make that yeah. happen and go back to it over and over again. Yeah. And I also learned about the art of uh, sales and mm -hmm. I watched it. I, I, I got a chance to actually see a, a woman uh, in that uh, 30, 40 some years ago, that 50 some years ago, that was unheard of to yeah. have a single mother who was running a business and running a family. And uh, I it was a, a, a significant anomaly in my in my uh, class for having a single mom who worked uh, in her own business. And I wa I got to watch someone uh, ex express themselves uh, in a really powerful way and a persuasive way. She was very successful. And I rode shotgun in a pink Cadillac for many, many years. So uh, she was incredibly successful. And I got to watch what it took to actually do that and, and lead teams and, and just do amazing things. So uh, thank you for asking the question. My mother's name was Kayleen. All right. So we appreciate what Kayleen has done for you. Obviously, she has taught you well, grown you up well, and we appreciate the passion as you went down memory lane in your story. So, Teresa, from there on, when did you find your true calling? When did you discover your true passion for what you wanted to become in life? Uh, I believe that that is an evolution. I believe mm -hmm. that there, for me, my experience in life is that I never got a uh, drop on the head like an anvil that said, here's your true calling and your passion. I now at, at where I'm at in my career and my life where I'm finally doing the things that are leveraging all of my skills and talents in the best possible way and the most um, significant way, uh, I realized that all of the things that came before today have 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 made that happen and so i had true callings very young as just i mean again that same five-year-old that same three-year-old i mean in preschool they'd say who wants to you know be mary i do who wants to be the silver bell i will who wants to be the rudolph i will okay wow. i was always the child that wanted the microphone always and uh, so it's just sort of inherent in me. Uh, and I knew that I wanted to perform in some way uh, because I just love being in front of people and I love energizing them. I have this, this, this flame inside of my heart that comes out and, and it's always been there. And I want to uh, share it with people in, uh, on pages and stages and screens. So. Okay, great. So. When you are being described as a crystallizer, yeah. what are folks specifically referring to and where did it start for you yeah. that you carry that term? 
Yeah, thank you. So crystallization is what I do now uh, and what my my passion is and what my purpose is. And what crystallization is all about is being a strategic co-creator to a uh, a brand or a business uh, Mm -hmm. and be able to see their brilliance in such a way that it is distilled down to its essence and drawn on a cocktail napkin. So I crystallize the brilliance of of brands and businesses by going through all the noise and all of the distractions and all of the things that they just put more and more words into and just more and more layers of noise. I go through all of that and I distill it down to its essence based on this process that I do that really is a heart-centered, heart-initiated process. I Mm. literally connect my heart to the hearts of the other people who are needing my assistance in clarity work, which is what I deliver is clarity. That's ideal in clarity. That's my, my, so I send that out when I connect with people and really can feel their, 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 their desire to make the world a better place through their brilliance and whatever it is, then I can actually uh, feel and, uh, and sense the, 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 the pearls among all of the, you know, all the swine. So just to really get to the essence and that is the, that's the hardest thing to do. And yet the, the one would look at it on the surface and say, it's the most easy, it's the easiest thing to do, but people, these are the two reasons why people don't do it. One, they can't see them. We're built not to see ourselves. Ah. We cannot see ourselves. I will never see my body ever. Yeah. In full, in its full totality, I will, I will only see reflections of it. Yeah. I will only see portions of it. I will only see perceptions of it, but I will never actually see myself. And that's the same way with our businesses and our brands and how we show up in the world and what we want to offer people and our ideas. It, it's, it's, it's where I believe we are designed not to st- reach our fullest potential unless someone else genuinely sees uh-huh. us. Wow. That is so deep, Teresa, and, and thank you very much for sharing. I appreciate that. You know, I'm looking at your information and it tells us that you were named most enthusiastic in Mr. Mosman's second grade class. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that enthusiasm remained apparently as fresh as it was way back then. Yeah. How do you <laughs> keep that level of energy, Teresa? It's so obvious. And I mean, I guess you put that into your work because you let people remove all the ugly stuff and the overburden and all the yep. fussing and just bring it to a simple, more amenable position where they can rise yes. and experience their full potential. Yeah. How do you keep that so bubbly and alive? <laughs> well, I don't always, Andy. Ah, I don't always. Okay. 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 This is podcast, <laughs> Teresa. All right. All right. <laughs> But it's good. It's good. But uh, thank you. But I am genuinely I am this, you know, I am this bubbly. I am this enthusiastic. It's it's in my 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 
bones. Uh, how I, I think the deeper question is because enthusiasm is a characteristic. It's a trait. It's a it's an opportunity for people to put their absolute best foot forward in the world. And so it's not a trivial skill and not a trivial characteristic to have is to be enthusiastic. It's incredibly persuasive and it's it's enlightening and it's and it's igniting and it's and it's magnetizing and it's magnifying. Right. So it's a really great uh, trait to to cultivate. And so part of what I believe with enthusiasm is uh, there's there's a lot of practice that gets wrapped into being as enthusiastic now as I was in second grade. And how have I done that in the in the main right most of the time, how I've done that is to have uh, deep respect for uh, myself as a uh, as a vehicle of the light, and to take care of that vehicle, mind, body and spirit, and, uh, and do all of the things that uh, I know, and, and I learn as, as I go, right? So I'm even more enthusiastic now than I was last week, because now I've just done a huge detox. I'm not having any caffeine. I have no gluten. I have no dairy. I am um, juicing celery juice and having um, heavy metal detox smoothies, uh, smoothie in the morning. Okay. Like a part of it is, and it's, it's literally clearing out your channel of your body to keep it to a vibration so that you can that you can hold more energy so that you can be, you don't run out of gas. Like that's the opposite of enthusiasm is to me is an empty tank. Mm. Wow. The opposite of enthusiasm is an empty tank. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. And I still feel that passion and that freshness. And there's something that I want to share with you because I think it helps uh, to elevate your story. So here we go. Let's see if I can get it going. Hey there. So this last week, I had a huge week of client uh, crystallizations and brand clarity reviews and podcast interviews and team meetings and sales discussions and practicing my TEDx talk that I'm delivering in two weeks. And I've got a weekend coming up that is going to be full and rich worth of activities. So right now I am taking a moment or several to just be. One of the ways that I do as much as I do uh, from a creative standpoint and a strategic standpoint uh, is to master the moments of uh, acceleration and then restoration. And that's where I'm at right now. And so I want to invite you that if you've got a lot of things that you're doing, also remember that the being is just as important as the doing. That's what enables you to keep having the energy to deliver at a higher level. So I hope that helps. Just, just take it easy, relax. Slow down. Wow. Get into that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. I, that is so powerful. Oh, thank you. 
That was deep. Thank you. Where, where Acceleration and from? restoration. Yes. yes. And the doing and the being. The doing and the being. Yeah. Wow. How do we learn that? How we do we? I mean, it's like everybody's always busy, 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 doing, doing, yeah. doing, doing. Yeah. And, and I remember quickly a particular sage that I, I read a lot. Uh, I believe it's Robin Sharma. He said, so many times as human beings, we spend a lot of time just being human doers instead of being human beings who take time out to come to terms with our creation, our creator, and just rest for a moment, rest for a while, re-energize, research, yes. and then deal with the situation. Exactly. Wrapped it up. You summed it up so appropriate. How do Thank we get there, Teresa? How do well, we, we, we first don't, we first we let go of language that says, how do we get there? Because get there uh -huh. indicates a, a destination. And this is not a destination game. This is, this is about every moment, mm -hmm. right? Every moment being able to uh, decide where am I now? Where am I now in mind, body, and spirit? Like for me right now, after, after having a clean system, like really clean system, this is, you know, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm feeling great, right? But we need to watch ourselves at all the moments because they can be up and they can be down. And they, and, and which it, it, it's not, the goal for me is not perfection. Mm -hmm. The goal for me every single day is, can I reduce the gap between the unhealthy, ill-advised, uh, you know, negative consequence choice I could make and learning from it and moving and getting back to center. You know, yeah. it's not about being perfect. It's trying to pay attention. It's trying to pay attention. And that's what my crystallization work is about. That's why I'm able to do it to such a degree, because it's about it's about being present with people and their expression of who they are through their content. People are brilliant all the time. You're brilliant on your show. You're brilliant where you're writing. You're brilliant where you where you speak. You're brilliant when you are on your own podcast interviews. You know, there's all these ways that all of us show up. And when you can stay as present as possible in the moment and be uh, grounded and be clear and be uh, grateful and be optimistic and be looking up and be open and connect with people, you will then be able to, to, uh, to see what they can't see, right? And to, to feel what they can't feel. And, and it's just a matter of being fully present as best as we possibly can. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's not getting there, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. getting there. It's, it's, and I just want to offer, I think that how we get there faster, how do we, how do we, how do we have those moments of presence more often? Mm -hmm. How do we have those moments of presence more often is really about committing to the value of ourselves, the value of our lives, the value of our health and our vitality, and understanding that caring for ourselves is ground zero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it starts with us first. Yes. Wow. Wow, this is deep. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, Teresa, about the power of rebranding. And I have to go back to 
maybe just about a year or so ago when people were getting out of COVID and struggling with rebranding. Some even had to close down their current businesses and try something else. How much of what you are currently doing has been able to help people in that kind of scenario where they had to rebrand or start all over again? What steps were necessary now for them to take so that they could get back into the stream of business that many would consider is closer to normalcy than was what we were experiencing a couple of years ago. I mean, it was terrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I help people all the time who are rebranding, re but what it's really about is reinventing mm. yourself, reinventing how you're going to do this. Uh, I always feel that rebranding feels more like, okay, what kind of color changes are you going to make? And what kind of, you're going to, you're going to put a fresh coat of paint on the house. Okay. Right. Okay. And, and what reinvention is as opposed to rebranding or reignition is, is to really look at the, the entire house within and mm -hmm. say, what's, what is the essence of this house? What are the rooms? What are the, what are the main components of your brilliance to start really from scratch with an outside set of eyes mm -hmm. that's going to be able to, because people get in these ruts of thinking where they just go, oh, well, I tried that before and it didn't work. No, you didn't try it with, after learning all of these things that you don't notice that you're learning, right? Yeah. People perceive the failures, quote, failures that they've experienced in their lives, in their businesses at, okay, at 35, I tried this and it didn't work. And now I'm 42, but 42, you can handle the, the failure of the 35 mm -hmm. you that experienced yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And with the clarity now, because that's the thing, I believe that, that we all have shown up in such a, uh, uh, you know, varied way that having someone be able to pull all that down and, and show it to you is the basis of a rebrand. Because once you have the visual that you can draw on a cocktail napkin, that's different than everybody else's, when you can have that, think of just as a famous example is the Simon Sinek golden circle. Why uh, three concentric circles with why, how, and what, right? Of why, yeah. what great leaders need to do to inspire action. That's the kind of cocktail napkin clarity that brands and businesses need if they're going to reinvent themselves from mm. scratch. And then once you have that, then everything you do in the world, everywhere people read, listen, watch, and interact with you, you keep talking the same thing over and over and over again. Then they understand who you are, right? Who, no matter where they find you, they're all getting the same message. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing, Teresa. I really appreciate your passion. So here's the thing. How much does a leader, and, and I, I want to bring this really close to a practical scenario, a CEO, company owner, someone who is a manager of a team, how much of their personality in terms of their characteristics needs to come true in the process by which they lead their team, lead the organization by example. In other words, are they the ones that are suited or chosen to set the pace and the rest of the team follow? Or is it gonna be that they're gonna lay down something, the team takes it up and runs with it and just, just sit in the background and watch? How much of that person's character mannerisms plays into the development of the organization as a whole 
that's a wonderful question but i heard two of them in there so yeah, it's you. the it's the characteristics mm -hmm. and it's the does does the leader dictate Silent. yeah yeah or or does the the team dictate and yes. i'd like to ask the, answer the second question first and then be able to come back to the first question so the second question is i actually see that it's neither so mm -hmm. the old paradigm of of leadership is triangle based hierarchical based one would yeah. say patriarchal based okay. hey, right where it is a, a someone above a, and then you've got below right somebody's in charge on top pushing down the mm -hmm. to the people and this same idea of oh no servant leadership is still the people are on the bottom but they're the ones that are building it from the ground up and that's how the leader should gen change i actually believe we're moving from a triangle-based society to mm -hmm. a circle-based society oh. and that circle-based society would mean that there is no hierarchy of the of the leader to the team dictating the team or the team dictating what this leader should do it's a circle just like life we are all connected connected we are in one community together and so yes his person his her they personality and characteristics and and core values especially totally matter core values matter more than characteristics you can yeah. be introverted extroverted you could be you know a, a science nerd or you could be a you know a happy hour ninja it doesn't matter it's your core values that really need to to what create that circle mm -hmm. of connection that you need to have with your team and the team needs to feel that level of uh of equanimity of 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 respect you know mutual respect all of those things so it's not one begets the other it's both and we're doing this all together yeah wow amazing you know the thing about it is that i have seen organizations where the persons who are on the floor, basically, they are either creating the product or offering the services. And they are finding it hard to align their core values with that of the organization. Is that something that can pose problems for the organization? Because it's as if they're just going through the motions because their core values do not align and it's just a means to an end, but at the end of the day, nothing more is being put into it. Could that hamper the development and growth of any organization? Oh, well, absolutely. You want to make sure that the values are clearly identified, that they've been thought through and that they're in the in the lifeblood. And I mean, true lifeblood. Does it feel like the life of this company that is pulsating through it are these words? Right. Mm -hmm. So do we really resonate with this? Is this true? Is yeah. this true? And it needs to be true or certainly aspirationally true. Right. Mm -hmm. We may not be there or we have moments of there or we have, you know, great pockets of there of this wonderful value. But, yeah. you know, really being in alignment with the truth of that. And yeah. then and the, of course, the C-suite leadership really dictates that the ownership dictates that tell really you know why are people coming together to create yeah. this business and yeah. then so defining it uh and that's where crystallization can be utilized for core values can be wrapped around a unique value uh visual identity of your core values mm -hmm. so it's not just enough though to have it it needs to be communicated it needs to be lived it needs to be breathed. And so, and all the way through, not again, down 
not down to the bottom, but to everyone in the circle of the organization, everyone in the circle from the CEO to the janitor, to the frontline salesperson, to the secretary now called administrative assistant, right? All those things, all those people are in a circle of connection. And smart CEOs will understand that. Mm. Smart CEOs will understand that they want to treat their team in a circle oriented fashion. So people feel included. They can feel a part of it. They are vested, their energy. Yeah. They feel as they are in on things and and they basically behave more like a shareholder than someone who just going through a motion. Right. Right. And listen and here's the thing listen to them the smart ceos will listen will listen and say what can we do with what ask all the people what can we do to more fully embody these core values give us specific suggestions this empowers the team instead of going if you don't if you don't give them empowerment they will give you the uh the silent uh disconnect they mm. will they will uh you know cut you down in private in glassdoor.com or whatever it is that is talking trash about your organization instead of really opening and welcoming to them and saying if we can do this further so instead of telling about the problems let's talk about how we can more it's back to the enthusiasm yeah. how can we more best emulate these values and then when you listen to them here's the here's what they don't what what big clunky uh, uh, hierarchical old school organizations do is they will a not even think about asking the people but b when they do ask the people and then the people give them ideas they don't put them into place don't ask somebody if you don't want to hear what they have to say yeah 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 Yeah. don't don't just ask for the process of just asking or for the sake of asking yeah with an intent and a purpose Exactly. And follow through. And if it means you have, you have cut corners somewhere else, if it means you cut corners somewhere else to do a beta test of a tiny idea that somebody has that says, I think this could make a difference and you test it and you measure it and you see if it works and you ask other people to, to reflect on it and see if it's a good idea so that you can expand it further, spend a little bit of seed money for goodness Mm -hmm. sake, spend a little get a little bit to empower your team and it will go a long, long way. Yeah, I can imagine you talking to some of these CEOs and these <laughs> financial officers. Boy, yeah, you shake up the the atmosphere around them. I like, <laughs> your I like your passion. Wow. So I just want to switch gears a little bit here, Teresa, and I, I'm gonna read what I'm seeing before me. It says mindful performance: how to powerfully impact profitability productivity and purpose Mm -hmm. your daily dose of mojo 365 days of mindful living and working start now grow big i love that and bits of bigness inspirational nuggets to remind you of your magnificence yeah start with the last one first i really want to get to know about your writing it's intriguing Well, I'm going to kind of go 
briefly because um, my writing it was from a pre previous iteration of my professional brand. Uh, um, I was it, it what what most of that content is is certainly the the bits of bigness uh, and the your daily dose of mojo is a 365 day uh, uh, journal of empowerment and uh, start now grow big. Those are all books about really how can you turn a uh, uh, what I used to call the gift in the gunk. How can you find the gift in the gunk? How can you um, get more intentional, more, you know, more present, more positive, more uh, energized, all that. So it's really, uh, imagine it just being like uh, empowerment glitter, okay, that that goes all, uh, they're, they're little blasts, right? That's mm -hmm. largely what those books are. Mindful performance is about the system that I created that really blends mindfulness with business management best practices, because everybody knows they need mindfulness like you asked how do you do this well I wrote a book on how I do things and how I have seen things work in my professional career as an enterprise senior manager you know in marketing and product development and being a consultant and being a professional you know speaker and a thought leader and a coach and and even my airy fairy cosmic muffiny days when I ran an alternative healing center and taught you know guided meditation every week so there's lots of things that again you know our whole our whole uh, past colors who we become, right? Who we are. And so that book, Mindful Performance, is really a system that goes over nine areas of focus that people can look at in a, in a way if they want to start to improve their presence, their mindfulness, and areas like movement, meditations, manifestations, messages, meetings, mentors and masterminds, messes, media, and meals and Zs. Right, I have my own model within mindful performance that helps them have a roadmap of how they can really get more present and suck more joy out of life. Okay, yeah, sounds intriguing. I appreciate your sharing. Thank you, Teresa. The energy of persuasion using show and tell. Yeah, show and tell is a scientific technique that we use in public speaking. The energy of persuasion can always turn up through the process of show and tell. Mm -hmm. It's something that people in business also, particularly if they are team leaders or CEOs, should try to master or at least learn so that in terms of their level of communication, they get a clearer message mm -hmm. to the team. Hey, this is the Don't vision. tell them. Mm -hmm. This is where we want to go. Yes. This is the time it's going to take. This is the course it's going to take. This is your role in it. And at X amount of time, this is what we are supposed to accomplish. Clarity. Clarity and especially visual clarity. So, you know, in this distracted and disengaged and, and you know, frankly, traumatized world in which we live, yeah. we really, if, if a leader or a sales professional or a thought leader or a top executive wants to uh, persuade someone to uh, create a new, uh, you know, mindset and take an action, take an action, most importantly, mm -hmm. you want to think about what's the most potent way of communicating that information then the ask, right? If you were, if you're putting an ask out there, you want to be able to make sure that you're, first of all, uh, eliminating the biggest, the biggest barrier to conversion, and that is confusion. Okay. A confused mind doesn't say yes. 
Mm. A confused mind doesn't buy. Yeah. So clarity about what you're what you're even talking about, what you're offering is important. And so when I say show and tell as opposed to sell, I'm encouraging people to take out the the narrative out of their own mind and out of their own kind of, you know, framework and create it and literally an external framework you can draw, you can show because when you can draw whatever it is that is your main, um, you know, the essence of what you want to come across when you can draw it in such a alliterative, poetic, memorable, uh, intuitive way that people understand it, that will go so much further because they'll actually in their bodies understand what you're talking about instead of just in these words that just fly around. Yeah. Yeah. See, you just, you just hit on it there. Embodiment. Embodiment. I can come to you and I can speak some brilliant stuff, but if there is not any form of embodiment, then the hollowness of it, I'm going to hear it. It's going to come out to me loud. Exactly. So the process, and, and I use the word godly, the process, to me, it has a lot to do with being aware of where you are, where other people are, and now being able to understand what it takes to bridge the gap in communication between you and them. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Absolutely, which is why one of the when 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 people ask what do I do, I usually say three things, and I say the second one is the most important to me. Uh -huh. I'm a brand and business crystallizer. Okay, so I help people get clarity on a cocktail napkin, and I am a strategic co-creator. Yeah, and I'm a certified speaking professional. Now, I'm a certified speaking professional. Just says that I have a skill and expertise to earn the highest credential that you can have as a professional speaker, right? That just answers the question of why should I listen to her, right? When it comes to that topic. But the second one, strategic co-creator is my number one. If I'm anything, I'm that because the other two things came from that. It is a new in my, not new at all. It's not a new way of being at all. It's just a more um, pure way of being. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right where yep. we are truly in co-creation as opposed to, uh, you know, one gets something and one gets another and, you know, we're both operating from our own agendas and all that, right? So it's a time to start going beyond collaboration and into strategic co-creation. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for all the nuggets, the value, ah, treasured contents. I love it. So, I want to put you on the spot a little bit, but it, it may also kind of lighten the mood a little bit. We can just probably have some fun. I'm going to ask you three questions and you have to answer one or the other. So it's a choice of one or the other, but you need to tell me why you made the choice. So here's the first one. And it may not even be even in your choices, but you let me know. Is it ham and cheese? Or peanut butter and jelly because you just told me about detoxing and all that stuff so maybe they are not even on your radar right now but if you had a choice which one would you choose i would have to go with ham and cheese on that toasted uh, toasted make it a, make it a grilled ham and cheese and then you've got perfection <laughs> oh my goodness you don't even have to tell me why you choose it i get it <laughs> <laughs> so right now we have 
Sunday evening baseball or Sunday night football, the NFL? Which one would you choose? Well, um, that's tough. That's tough. Who's playing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. I want to relive a Super Bowl moment where you have the, the Chicago Bears playing the Indianapolis Colts. So they are playing. Okay. And Toronto, the Mayleaf people are playing the Oilers. Okay. So what would you choose? So um, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to watch the baseball. Uh, why the baseball? Well, you know, first of all, I kind of, uh, I, I used to be a, ba a huge football fan. I grew up in Chicago and during oh, the whole Super Bowl time, Walter Payton was, I had, a, I had a poster of Walter Payton on my wall when I was growing up. Okay. Sweetness. I mean, it was every Sunday, no doubt, every single time, you know, big right. time. Right. Uh, and I just, after that, you know, I just uh, started watching more basketball when mm -hmm. I moved to Chicago I then became more of a basketball fan yeah. you know during the Jordan dynasty yep. so yep. it was like incredible right and uh and then it was always kind of sad lonely you know poor Cubs right poor Chicago mm -hmm. Cubs and White Sox during that time they were yeah. they so I would say I would love to be at a baseball game or watch a baseball I'd really like to be at the baseball game if I'm gonna go I'd I'd like to just go and not watch right okay. yeah I'm more of a full you know yeah you just want 100 percent. yeah i want to be part of the whole thing you know i want the beer i want the popcorn i want the hot dogs know. and stuff yeah. yeah 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 i get it i get it okay final question this one should be really simple we have two technical giants one is focus on research and they are way ahead of everyone else in the research game but the other one is focused on products and services. One is Microsoft, the other one is Apple Inc. Which one would you choose? Well, of course, Apple. I mean, I'm an, I'm an I mean, Apple person, 100%, all the way, everywhere. <laughs> Why Apple? They just, they, they just are more intuitive. There you go. There you go. Okay, what a wonderful note. To end this episode on you have been amazing guest Teresa Rose and so I want you to now share your hashtag social handles with people if they need to get in contact with you they probably need to get into your books but more so into the strategic work that you do with regards to co-creating these products and services yeah can they make contact with you well, they can just go to my website first, which is just uh -huh. TeresaRose.com. And it looks like there's a rose.com. If uh -huh. you wonder how to spell it, it looks like there's a rose.com. And then you can go to my uh, at Teresa Rose presents are my uh, social handles. Okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Well, That's thank you, Andy, for the for the wonderful uh, opportunity to tell good stories and and save the save the world. Right. We got to just do uh, it one one conversation at a time, one time. cocktail napkin at a time. Yeah, yeah. You just need to touch one person per day. And that's going to make a whole lot of difference in the world. So there you have it, folks. This is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, together with my guest, Teresa Rose, live in the breakout room. It has been an amazing and engaging conversation. And I know 
that the information you receive is going to make a difference in your life once you apply it to the places that you need to apply it to. Remember our three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. That's what we stand here for on this program. And Teresa epitomized those words in the manner in which she presented her information and her content. So until next time, I'm saying to you, Godspeed, God bless, stay in peace, stay in grace, stay in love. Shalom. Bye for now. Until next time. Bye-bye.